0: Hi, folks. This is Hoffman Ryan. I want to welcome you to our podcast. Christ Our Redeemer Seminary is a partnership of churches in Opelika and Auburn, Alabama, working together to equip leaders for God's global mission. We offer accredited theological training designed to shape the mind and heart with the gospel of Jesus Christ. When I was trying to decide which seminary to go to, a friend of mine gave me some really good advice. He said, what makes a class is not the syllabus, but the teacher. What makes a program is not the course curriculum, but the teachers who pour their hearts into it. So don't take classes, he said, take teachers. And that's why I'm so excited about this, our inaugural series for our podcast. It's a series introducing not the what of our seminary, but the who. And you'll get a chance to hear from the local pastors and leaders who make this partnership possible. You'll not only meet our teaching faculty, but also our committed board members and amazing core team. Each of our faculty have persevered through the challenges of life and ministry, and they have much hard-earned wisdom to share. So you'll hear from them while they are so eager to come alongside aspiring leaders to prepare them for future ministry. So here I am with my good friend and, and partner in ministry, Ben Jeffries. He's the pastor at the Good Shepherd Anglican Church in Opelika, and I'm really excited for you all to get to know him. Uh, ben and I first met on a, a field trip, as it were, to his place, a local ministry, um, and uh, we met on the bus, and real briefly, but then where we really started to get to know each other is through a, a pastor's prayer um, gathering that met once a month, Al Jackson at Lakeview Baptist Church organized that, and, and he and I have been a part of that for a, a good while now, and then we really started to get to know one another when we, when we collaborated on a, a citywide lament for the racial tension in our country. And and that's where um, I really got to see his heart uh, for the Lord and for th- the things that grieve the Lord and how we as, as leaders in the city can can hopefully be instruments of his healing grace and to the community around us. So um, at that point, I knew this is somebody I really want to get to know. And we've had a few lunches and we've met each other's families and, and kids. And it's just been a delight to get to know Ben. So I'm I'm really excited uh, for any of you listening to get to know Ben and really excited that he gets to pour his heart out into the students at Christ our Redeemer Seminary. So here we go. So, Ben, um, just tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from um, and how you got to Auburn. Then I'm going to ask a little bit about your, your spiritual journey to Christ. But let's just start. with Where are you from?
1: Um, well, my voice gives me away right away as being from England. Uh, my childhood was there, and my family emigrated to um, Wisconsin when I was in eighth grade. And so I spent most of my uh, adolescence, college years up in the Midwest. And then uh, my wife and I moved down here to Opelika um, uh, five and a half years ago.
0: Okay. Yeah. So a little bit about Carrie. Where is she from? I've had the joy of meeting her, but she's a big part of your life. So tell me, uh, tell me a little bit how y'all met.
1: Yeah, she's Wisconsin, uh, born and raised, and um, we actually met in high school. We went to the same mega church youth group, and um, we actually even dated in high school. And then after nine years of completely separate paths and journeys uh, in the Lord's uh, providence, we met each other again and uh, started dating and were um, married nine months after that. Oh, right. So, yeah. yeah.
0: So how long have you been married? How many kids you have?
1: Yeah, it was, uh, we celebrated eight years in December and we have three girls, uh, six, four, and two.
0: Okay, um, wonderful. And they're actually just in the next room. So some of them they, may run in here, are, we, we right get right to hear their them. voices. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> um, so that's great. So tell me a little bit about how you came to know the Lord. Sure,
1: um, so um, my father was a minister in the Baptist church in England. And my mother was a very devout Christian. And I say was for her because she died actually a couple of years ago. So it's not that she abandoned her faith. She's just in the nearer presence of the Lord. And um, she so growing up, um, I was presented with the Christian faith as just a fundamental reality. Um, and I remember um, being invited to uh, accept Jesus into my heart as a child and have that recorded in my uh, childhood Bible. And I was very earnestly committed to um, youth group in England. Um, there there's really is a distinction between kind of just a main line kind of cultural participation in the, uh, the Church of England. And then sort of a, a, a large portion of really earnest Christianity exists in the um, Baptist church and the sort of non-denominational churches over there. So, I, you know, I was considered kind of a weirdo that I went to the Bible group in my uh, grade school and stuff like that and... Um, Anyway, so when I came over to America, um, I was really involved. I was delighted to find um, much better attended youth groups and things like that. Yeah. And But then also to find a, a cultural Christianity all its own that kind of, uh, it's kind of hard to parse the difference. But um, so I was blessed with a really good youth leader. And um, let's see, sorry, it's the end of a long Sunday. So my, my mind is great. a little addled. But um, yeah. um, I think, really, to be very candid, my um, spiritual life in Christ sharpened over the sin struggle against lust, that that was really what made acute to me the sense of, I am a sinner, and I need a savior and a helper to avoid sin. Hmm. And so that really sort of existentialized my desire to know and pursue Christ Jesus and to receive his mercy. Um and so from there, I went to uh, Christian college, Wheaton College, an evangelical school in the Midwest, and um, really enjoyed the life of Christian education and the mind there and the classes, but uh, sort of fell into the characteristic downside of some of that in the thinking, um, mistaking Christianity uh, uh, too, as too much of religion of just the head. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, uh, yeah, so I regrettably... Uh, my actual living faith cooled as I as I left Wheaton, uh, and then I wa- actually, uh, d- even more regrettably, wandered away from the Lord for a couple of years after college. Uh, but in His great mercy, He called me back to Himself again, and it was through a roundabout circumstances. I was you know, working different jobs and traveling, and I ended up um, back living with my parents, as many uh, college grads end up <laughs> doing. And... Um, I didn't have a community, and I wanted, well, where could community be found? And I thought, well, maybe I'll go to church. <laughs> and then I was working at a psychiatric hospital, and seeing the brokenness of the world and the broken souls of others, somehow in a kind of mirror image, I just shone light on my own need for God and my own continual, continued brokenness in sin and... Um, so I repented and the Lord kind of brought me, rekindled my faith in him. Mm. Um, and then that actually sort of really dovetails because that into how I felt called to ministry. Cause when I went to college, I had no sense of calling into any particular vocation. Um, I, um, it was working at the psychiatric hospital and when my faith came alive again, I wanted to share that faith with those who were broken and, um, you couldn't quite do that under the hospice that I was there. So I thought, well, maybe chaplaincy. So I did a stint as a uh, internship as a chaplain at a medical hospital. And that was wonderful to get to pray with others and um, get to uh, speak about Christ and the the God who they were going to meet as, when they die and you know, and as they were near death. And it was very visceral and hmm. um, profound. But I also felt like the longing to offer more teaching that when someone's you know on their deathbed, there's not a lot of window for teaching. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I wish I was there before they were on their deathbed. And so then it was kind of this epiphany moment, well, that's what a pastor does. Um, and so then I, from there I felt um, that the Lord was calling me to ordain to ministry. So I went to seminary and the, submitted myself to the ordination process um, through my church, which is an Anglican church, and uh, was ordained in uh, 2013. Uh, served a church for a couple of years in Missouri as an assistant where I was mentored by a veteran pastor, and then um, uh, shortly after that was called down here. So...
0: Well, we're glad to have you. Glad, <laughs> very thankful personally that, that um, he's allowed me to just to be your friend and mm. be a uh, journey together in ministry and mm. life here. Uh, tell us a little bit about your seminary experience, just highlighting some of the things that you enjoyed most about it.
1: Yeah. So I was r- blessed with a number of outstanding professors. Um who actually, whereas the life of the mind at my undergraduate had actually undermined living faith. The mm. seminary I went to.
0: Which was what? what was It was it?
1: called Neshoda House Theological okay. Seminary. Um, they were structured kind of a, almost along the lines of a monastery, that there was community prayer and a celebration of the Lord's Supper every morning. And then we'd have class together, and then we'd do chores together, and then we'd have evening prayers together, and we slept in the dorm above the classrooms. And so it was a very thick community. Mm. And because of the, I mean, we spent at least about two hours a day in the chapel every day. Mm. And so what it did is it anchored the life of the mind in the life of prayer and devotion so that they wouldn't get divorced like happened to me in undergrad. And my professors, I think, um, did better than my professors in undergrad in that they wielded the tools of intellect and academic study for faith rather than sort of apart from faith or even at times against faith. And so... Mm. It revealed to me that, you know, I just hadn't dug deep enough in academic study that then to go even further, like, actually, we can take these same tools I'd sort of begun to, like, play with in undergrad, take them even further, and what we discover is the Bible is trustworthy, Mm. and God is real. And we know that the resurrection happened because the apostles saw it, and we know that their testimony is true because it's been handed down in unbroken tradition of Um, generation after generation of discipler and discipled and sort of church history kind of bridging the gap between scripture and ourselves and and so the professors really um gifted me back with a life of faith and intellect intertwined constantly coming back to the chapel every few hours and so the the community really taught me how to pray um and then the professors taught me how to think more christianly and together i just feel like they gave me an inestimable gift so yeah yeah
0: well, you're involved with Christ Sardemer Seminary. Yeah. And you just actually, today was part of you mentioned a, had a long Sunday because yeah. <laughs> um, that's because you just finished a four hour workshop course, uh, which is the second of two workshops. Uh, and this one was on the spiritual disciplines. Um, tell us what you enjoyed about that course and how the students interacted with you and learning, learning a little bit about <clears throat> from you about sharing how these formative practices are really essential for the Christian life and maturity.
1: Yeah. Um, It was the joy of getting to pass on today and last month with the first session um, gifts that I didn't grow up with growing up in the Baptist church. It has many strengths, um, but there wasn't any sort of um, curating or reliance on sort of traditional practices really very much. And so for me, discovering things like liturgical prayer, praying the Psalms in particular, um, like learning about uh, fasting and um, the spiritual disciplines – um, not that those are absent from any denomination of the church, but they just weren't really accented or emphasized in my early Christian formation. It was much more just, you know, um, earnest devotion from the heart, which is a necessary part of the Christian life. But I found because I'm so, um, as you can probably tell from this podcast, a bit of a brain and disorganized that if prayer only from when it's inwardly motivated just won't happen that often. And so when I discovered the riches of the sort of the great tradition of the 2000 year history of Christ's church... You know, I discovered that, un, you know, under the Anglican flag, um, it, it just was this huge gift to me and learning it at seminary of these rhythms of prayer that really, like, fashioned my heart into a more prayerful posture, more quick to pray to God for help, for blessing, for guidance. And so the sort of, some of the more traditional forms have so deeply blessed my own prayer life that I was just thrilled at the chance to get to, like, share them with others and say, look, th- look at what this can do, how you can pray the Psalms, how you can sing the Psalms, how you can... Um, practice these different rhythms uh, of uh, of prayer and of, of sacred reading of scripture, which is academic study of scripture is incredibly useful, but this is not to be confused with spiritual, patient, quiet listening to scripture to be to hear the voice of Christ on the page through the page, um, and so those 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 practices to get to pass on, you know, I feel like someone who discovered this amazing restaurant. I was like, oh, no, no, there's actually amazing food over here, like, come eat over here. And the students were very receptive and generous and tried on things that they were not native to their um, formation up to to present. Um, And I hope that, you know, each student, hopefully, I saw kind of different things catching with different students and that it will enrich their own life um, of prayer in, uh, in Christ Jesus. I well, know
0: um, since the first session till today, I've, I've talked with several of the students, and they were really excited. Uh, I think you blew the top off some of their minds in oh. terms of like, uh, yeah, what's possible with um, leading our hearts through the form, formative practices mm. that then shape, shape our hearts yeah. in, a, in a growing love and, and passion for our Lord mm. and um, laboring in His field. So, um, really excited you got to pour into them mm-hmm. through that practicum course. Next quarter, you're teaching the course on Christology. Yes. So, um, you and I, have, we've, we've worked on the syllabus there, and um, I'm really excited to be able to sit in as much as I can to, to listen to you walk us through um, what does it mean that Jesus is the Christ? Yeah. What did that mean then? And, and what does that mean for us now? What does that mean for the whole world? So, mm. uh, I'll, um, yeah, really excited to Me too. hear you. <laughs> walk all of us through that um, focus study. Um, so from beginning of conversations that I've had with you about, about the seminary, and this might be a thing, and um, it would be a, a local ecumenical effort, and you and I have connected on other ecumenical efforts from the prayer group to the lament service and in other ways, um, share a common heart for the body of Christ in the whole uh, community of Opelika and Auburn. Mm. Um, working together for one another, with one another, and in the mission of God together has been uh, something that you and I both share. Uh, and then when I approached you about this idea of, hey, what about a seminary that would be an ecumenical partnership, you were immediately excited, which really encouraged me and strengthened me to to keep walking and keep testing out this idea to see if it really was of the Lord. And um, so far, so good. It seems that that has been affirmed. Um, and so tell me just a little bit, um, or tell us, rather, a little bit about, from you personally, why you're excited about this um, this thing called Christ's Redeemer Seminary
1: that mm. we're doing. Yeah. Man, I'm so excited about Christ's Redeemer Seminary. Um it seems in its very structure to remedy a handful of the kind of classic problems of other traditional seminaries, and I went to a traditional seminary, I love it, it was great, but um, in the, you know, the, the sort of thing you hear you've heard, hear from a thousand pastors is that there wasn't much like real, uh, on the ground, applied um, teaching. It was kind of, uh, you know, to speak in rough terms, like just too academic. Mm. And so to have all of the faculty be local pastors really helps bridge that gap because each pastor is speaking out of their life of daily ministry. And so they themselves are not, you know, tenured academics, even though we've been formed by the riches of academia. Um, To pass having kind of sifted through that and then to pass on like, look, here's the stuff that's really useful, that's both true and useful. And will bless your ministry in the parish and kind of um, sifting things all through all of those filters rather than just what's true, you know. But really looking at that level of application. And so having practicing pastors be the faculty really helps bridge that gap. Um, having the pastors be from different denominations or within a reformed confession generally, of course. But that the, the students get a chance to hear and see that. If you are a faithful follower of Christ Jesus as a a Methodist, as a Baptist, as a Reformed Presbyterian or Anglican, that we are um, all—we have so much in common, chiefly under our our creedal confession of Jesus Christ as Lord. but um, even apart from that, just the, but they can see how much we have in common, but also weigh for themselves the, the, the variations of difference and sort of be formed in that ecumenical setting so that really what to cut against a, a tribalism that can hurt the local church of like, well, I'm just laboring for the Presbyterians or the Anglicans. No, we're laboring for Christ and his kingdom, which exists in our various parishes um, under these different denominational flags. Mm. Um, so I think to have an ecumenical, that the faculty are an ecumenical collection of pastors, That's really the magic source of of Christ our Redeemer. Um, And then the fact that it's accredited and affordable um, is wonderful that that students don't burden themselves with enormous amounts of debt. What it means is that there can be also a a longer on-ramp of discernment, that it's not like, well, I'm gonna pay $30,000 to think about this. It's like, well, no, uh, let's do a first year and pray and see what happens. And oh, if the Lord calls me somewhere else, I'm not saddled with an enormous amount of debt. Or similarly, completing the program the students can really just listen for where the Lord is calling them, rather than think, "Well, I've got to go somewhere that can pay enough for me to pay my loans." Or, you know, a question that shouldn't um, hamper ministry discernment. So, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm wild about Chris Hartimer.
0: <laughs> well, um, <clears throat> I'm so grateful. I've said this to you many times, but mm-hmm. just as a friend, as a brother, and as a as a partner in this seminary, so thrilled to have you. And thanks for coming on our podcast. Yeah. Um, I'm excited for more of the community to get to know you. Mm. Um, So thanks for being with us.
1: Thanks for letting me be a part of the Seminary County Privilege, and it's fun to get to do this podcast.
0: Okay. (laughs) All right. Well, I'll see you in a couple weeks for the Christology course. Sounds good. See
1: you there. Okay. (laughs) Bye-bye.
0: Thanks for listening to our podcast. Stay tuned to get to know more of the leaders who are pouring themselves into the lives of our seminary students. You can also find out more about us at ChristOurRedeemer.org.